Live from the Parent Nation studios, it's Parent Nation with Tara Kennedy Klein, the Internet's top talk radio show featuring real talk for real parents, shaken and stirred up with a twist from America's family advocate, Tara Kennedy Klein. Yeah, well, I got a news flash for you, folks. The problem with kids is parents. Excuse me, Sheryl Sandberg, but I'm not leaning in anymore. I'm sick of spilling my martini. I'm serious. It's time to put the F word back in parenting. Fun parenting. Oh my gosh, why can't we do this? Why can't we have dance parties in our kitchens? I don't understand. And now, here's your host, Tara Kennedy Clive. Hey, Parent Nation. Welcome to the show. I am so happy to be back in my own personal space. Oh, it's been quite a week. I have so much to tell you. And we have such a great show. It's Dad Day. I love Dad Day. So we have a great show for you today. Um, our, our first guest in our first seg- or second segment is going to be Art Eddie, and he is the Life of Dad show guy. And then in our third segment, we're going to be talking to Jesse Foster, who's actually going to be coming to us from Asia, which is pretty stinking amazing. And he has a, uh, a, a blog and a podcast that's near and dear to my heart. It's called Father Nation. So we're going to be talking with them later on in the show. But first, I want to just I, I want to just unload about my week. Hey, Kelly, how are you? I'm doing good. Doing good. Oh my gosh! So it it was crazy. Did you? (laughs) I saw some of the stuff going on. My goodness. My goodness. Right. It was like, you know, we were, this was our, our family vacation. We take two family vacations a year and they're, they're kind of like centered around our kids summer break because, you know, God forbid you go away during the school year and the kids learn about something outside of the curriculum for a couple of days, you know, right? <laughs> right. Holy smoke. So, you know, we do, we take two vacations a year in the summer and this last one, it was like, we went to Mexico and my husband is one of those people that cannot unplug himself physically. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like some people, they hear the word vacation and they picture beaches and beach chairs and cocktails with umbrellas in them and quiet time and blah, 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 you know? Oh yeah. Uh, My, my husband just does not know how to do that. He's, he just can't. He actually, he literally said to me the second day we were there, I was like, seriously, can we just slow the hell down? And he's like, And he looked at me and he goes, could you seriously just sit in this pool? Because we were in the swimming pool. Could you seriously just sit in this swimming pool for seven days and do nothing? And I'm like, is that a trick question? <laughs> hmm. Let me think about it for 2.6 seconds. Yes. Yes, I could. <laughs> and he's like, I, I feel guilty. He literally said that to me. I feel guilty when I'm not working on something wow, or when I'm not actively doing something, you know, and I'm like, wow, you're going to have to get over that before retirement. Cause I will, they'll, they'll find you at the bottom of our pond. <laughs> I, it's it, that it's going to get ugly, but he's that guy that for him, the ultimate vacation would be to go nowhere 
and stay home and work on shit and just Ooh. check and just check things off his list, you know, in the meantime, I can see that. Like, yeah. And, and here's the thing, Kelly, that would be super duper awesome for him. If I was not included in those projects. <laughs> there you go. Right. That's his vacation, not yours. Exactly. Like, dude, that's what makes you happy. That's what fills your picture. You go do that and leave me alone in the living room with my 27 margaritas. (laughs) And what's wrong with that? Yeah. I was talking to my girlfriend, um, my bestie Delilah, and we, we share a birthday kind of, and, Mm -hmm. um, we were planning our birthday party because we are, our birthdays is coming up. And so we're going to be 45 this year. So we were planning our joint birthday party and we were talking about our vacations and, and what our ideal theme would be. And, um, she was like, she, she got a heel spur. And so the first day on her vacation, she got like, she jumped into the pool and hit her heel and bruised it with heel spur. Right. So, Mm. so she was like, she had to, she was forced to lay by the pool while her family did other stuff. And she's like, if you are not, if you're the kind of person who likes to drink and you're not drinking every day on vacation, you're either sick or doing it wrong. (laughs) And for me, I was like, see, yeah, that's me. I don't want to be, I don't want to be outside in a hundred degree weather, you know, building a deck. That's not vacation. That's, that's chores. You know, that's, Mm. that's shit that I cried through when I was a kid. Like that's, (laughs) oh gosh. So anyway, my husband and I had very differing opinions of what vacation looked like. So what we wound up doing was we would take a day to relax and then we would take a day to go do. And it seemed like we had more go do days. Um, yeah. But here's the thing in Mexico, this is high season for them. Like this is when everybody's out of school. So everybody's vacationing down there. We were in Cancun and he goes to these things that are the Mexican equivalent of an amusement park. Mm, So, so they, right. So they sell these parks, which are like, Oh, the lazy river, lazy river, my ass. There are 20,000 people on floaties, you know, kicking each other in the face with with fins and smacking each other with their snorkels. You know, there there's nothing lazy about that. And everything had a line, Kelly. Uh. Uh, Those lines. You know, I think I've realized that that's what I don't like about going places is the lines and people's people's attitudes and beliefs about where they deserve to be within those lines. (laughs) The pecking order. (laughs) It was crazy. It was crazy. So what we found was um, there's a big difference between stereotypes and racism. Okay. Because – there's, there are a lot of stereotypes that can be formed when you go on vacation to another country and people, mm-hmm. and there are just enough people who are just loud enough within that stereotype to back it up. 
<laughs> oh yeah, you can always find someone to fit the stereotype. Woo! The so what we've discovered was like there were some there was there were seven thousand people in our resort, and it was an all inclusive resort, right? So, mm-hmm. in theory, in theory, the bars should be reserved for who? Yes. And those guests being old enough to Paying. drink. Right, right. Old enough to drink. They're, they had these swing bars, and they're not kind of that kind of swing bars. There were bars that you sit on swings around the bar. All right. Chris and I love going to these swinging, these, these, these sit on a swing bars. I have to call them sit on a swing bars. Otherwise people are like, Ooh, right, <laughs> right. that show anymore. <laughs> but, um, we, we love to go on the sit on the swing bars. My, our oldest son is almost 17 years old. He can stay in the room with his 15 year, almost 15 year old brother for a couple hours and be okay. You know, sure. in, in a resort. So, we go for a walk. We're going to go to the bars that we like. The one night that we're going to relax and go to the bars that we like. We walked past the first bar with swings, and there's families at, at 1130, 12 o'clock at night, Kelly, with their three- and four-year-olds on their bellies on the swings. Whee! Get them freaking kids. You're kidding me. Not one, not two, but three bars. Three bars that we went to that families had their little little kids up on the bar stools, up on the swings. Oh my god. And and not then, the playground people. Exactly, Kelly. Exactly. They have a teen lounge. They have a playroom, play center. They have kiddie pools. They have everything you can imagine for your kids. The bar ain't it what country were these people from mostly british okay and you know i love the uk i love all of you i really do and i understand that you're with your small children and you want to have a good time even though you have small children i'm the first person to say have a great time with your small children but there comes a time where you have to say not at the bar I remember going to restaurants with my parents where you had to wait to be seated and only the adults could wait at the bar. Sure. Get over it. You know, yes, your kids are freaking adorable. Everybody loves them. Get them out of here. Take them over to the pool and bring them their Shirley temples over there. And, (laughs) and it, it became so pervasive that it actually started to make me angry. Uh-oh. Like we would go we went to the pool bar. We wanted to go to the swim up bar. Now there are so many kids screaming and yelling in the wait staff's face that they stopped coming to the other guests because they mm. knew that they'd have to deal with those kids. There were kids, Kelly, that would order mixed drinks. Now mind you, we're at a pool bar, so you're sitting in the pool. They would go order mixed drinks in the pool and then throw them at each other, throw the cup in the water, and then go back and demand another drink. Oh, no. I, I shit you not. And then we want to know why people can't stand kids in places like that. 
<laughs> then we want to scratch our heads and go, I can't understand why restaurants would ban children under eight years old. Because you've made your children suck. <laughs> uh, who doesn't stop that kind of behavior? What parent doesn't uh, walk up to their kid and smack them upside the head? I, I'm serious at that point. I'm serious. Who does not walk up to their kid and smack them upside the head and go, did you seriously just throw that mixed drink at your sibling in the pool and then go bitch at the waiter for having getting terrible service when he doesn't come back to you? It was amazing, Kelly. And at the same time, I was so proud of my own kids. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> I, I thought, you know, it, it totally affirmed for me that the problem with kids is completely parents. Right. That's what I was thinking. They may have seen that behavior somewhere before. Maybe uh, you not know, exactly, but, but that, that entitled behavior. And even if you, even if you saw it in a slapstick comedy, You know what I mean? And not in your own living room, which is probably the case. Like the parents are going, where would you even see behavior like that? I get you. I get that you didn't model that behavior for your kids, but by not paying attention to them one iota, you allowed it to continue. And now they're going to think it's okay to bring that behavior into your living room. Mm, Right. You know, like people are saying... Parents, right. parents that have kids that are like, oh, well, they're learning this stuff from television. No, no, they're not. They're learning it by watching it on television and you allowing them to perpetuate it in the home. Right. Right. How many it's of exactly. us? Zachary. What, what's that? I said exactly. Exactly. And the thing that's so funny is, I mean, how many of us watched... Um, how many of us watched I Love Lucy or Happy Days or whatever, and then tried to duplicate that behavior in the house and our parents lost their shit on us? <laughs> right. <laughs> the kids are always testing the parents to see how far they can go. And if you keep letting them go, they just go further. Exactly. It's, it was, it, and it was such a social experiment for me. I can't even tell you. And then... And then we spent two days in the airport trying to get home. That, my friend, was the most frustrating thing I've been through in a really long time. Because 100% lack of communication. 100%. I saw civilized human beings go from... Well, this is, it is what it is to, if you don't get me on a fucking plane in the next five minutes, uh, uh, seriously, it was that you No, no. And it couldn't be. I lost it one time. I lost it one time on a man who was twice my size, but he blatantly mocked me to his family and I was 10 feet away from him. Ooh. That's not a good idea to do. That's not a good idea to do, especially when you don't know who you're dealing with or how long they've been frustrated. So I I lost it on him. But then here's the thing, Kelly. This is so funny. I lost it on him and his whole family, they were huge people. They, They stared at me for a really long time. Like, did that just happen? Did this woman just lose her shit on us? 
And then I, I, I was reading my son's homework assignment, summer homework assignment, The Help, which I'm going to tell you, everybody on the planet should read that book. But anyway, um, I was, I, that book kept me calm. It brought me down to a place where I stood up and my son went, mom, please, my God, no, not, not again. (laughs) And, and I walked over and I put out my hand and I said, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I reacted in that way towards you. I am so frustrated and so angry right now. And you were the one person who made it personal for me. So I lost it on you. And, and for that, I apologize. And he was like a deer in headlights. He didn't even know how to react. He was like, Mm. wow, well, thank you. Thank you for that. And I'm sorry too, you know, and it it, was, by the end of the by the end of the fiasco and it was literally 2 days like they boarded us we were on the runway every the cross checks and then they told us while we were on the plane that they had lost our flight plan and that our crew was going to time out if we flew to Philadelphia and they lied to us they told us that Philadelphia said that customs would not be open when we landed and, right so they lied to 200 people And then said to them, we're taking you back to the airport. You're going to have to disembark the plane. You're going to have to go through customs again. You're going to have to get loaded into taxi cabs and taken to to hotels that you don't know where you're going. You're going to have to sleep there for about three or four hours without having eaten all day long. And then you're going to have to get up at four o'clock in the morning and come back here tomorrow and do it again. Mm, Sounds like fun. It was infuriating. And throughout the entire process, they continued to lie to us. And that's what made it bad. If they had been honest with us, the entire thing would have been so much easier. And for that, U.S. Airways is going to get a very pointed letter from me Um, Mm. and and a demand to get my fees back for everything because I had to pay for my bags twice. I had to pay for my seats twice. You know, it was was a lot of bullshit that they could have avoided had someone just made a reasonable decision to not lie to the crew and just get us in the air and get us home in the first place. So anyway, um, so that was my trip and, uh, uh, yeah, so I'm happy to be back on dad day and talk to our awesome guests who are going to bring me into a very positive space. I'm sure art Eddie from life of dad, who's a hysterical guy is going to be able to do that. Um, and we're going to be talking with him when we come back from this break. Homeschooling? Have questions? Get your pen and paper ready. It's the sociable homeschooler, Vivian McNinney. Fridays at 5, 4 Central on Toginet.com. After a handsome blue-eyed Texan fell in love with Vivian at the Victoria Station in London, she found herself at DFW Airport with a tiny suitcase and a snazzy little duffel bag. Well, 25 years later, she is now happily married to that blue-eyed cowboy. They have four grown children, ages 24 to 18, who became willing guinea pigs when she unwittingly stumbled upon the world of homeschooling. Wildflower Academy flourished for 15 years. They survived and thrived, and you can too. Vivian will be covering a wide range of issues that face homeschoolers. What do you do with kids in the summer? How to set up your one-room schoolhouse? How obedience is paramount? And what to do with those snakes? Plus, you'll be sharing ideas and insights that she gleaned from other homeschoolers. So join us for an engaging hour with a sociable homeschooler. Vivian McNinney, Friday afternoons at 5, 4 Central on toginet.com. 
Finally, a show that supports women who are in the midst of a transition in midlife. The show is Second Wind. Here's what certified coach, author, and host of Second Wind, Joyce Buford, wants you to know. It's so empowering for women to hear about other women and their accomplishments. We all need cheerleaders, someone who's on our side. Second Wind is that program to help women connect with other women, hear other women's stories. In a stressful world. Find power in those stories. Learn to discover your passions and joys again. Create the life you want to live to the fullest. Join us for Second Wind with Joyce Buford. Tuesdays at 9 a.m. Central right here on the TogiNet Radio Network. Welcome back to Parent Nation with Tara Kennedy Klein, the Internet's top talk radio show featuring real talk for real parents. Clean my house? <laughs> it's time to clean their house. You know what it means if my house is clean? I have big closets and a broken computer. Shaken and stirred up with a twist from America's family advocate, Tara Kennedy Klein. And now, back to the show. Hey, Parent Nation. Welcome back to the show. I am so excited to be talking to our first Dad Day guest. Dad Day's my favorite. Right, Kelly? Dad Day. Dad Day. I'm so happy. Dad Day. (laughs) So our first guest is Art Eddie, and he's he's the Life of Dad show guy. Uh, I love Life of Dad. I I just think it's it's awesome. He does a lot. He writes for the Good Men Project and Yahoo and um, a lot of a lot of really cool um, venues that I've I read what he writes and I I listen to his show and stuff like that. But he um he has three podcasts which I didn't know. He has Life of Dad and then he has the Life of Dad After Show, which sounds like fun. And then he has Nerds, Geeks, and Dads. And what struck me is how much we have in common. But we're going to talk about that when I when we start talking about him. He um he has two daughters, Lily and Jordan, and uh, he's he's just. An all-around fun guy. He loves to make his kids laugh and do crafts, and that's an unusual thing um, in the dad world today, I'm finding. So, hey, Art, how are you? Are you there? Do we have you? Is Art not there? Oh, my gosh. Hey, Kelly, how's it going? I'm doing good. (laughs) Did we lose Art? Art, Art heard the first segment. Art heard the first segment and went, screw this. She's angry. She's an angry elf. I'm not talking to her. She's insane. Oh, oh, well. I think we'll get him back. I think we'll get him back. Oh, (laughs) so Kelly, can I tell you about my massage? Yeah. All right. So I'm, I went to get a massage, right? Cause with all this craziness, I had, I wanted to get a massage at the, at the thing at the resort. Right. So sure. I went and as soon as you walk in, it's like all serene and quiet and they're playing the pretty music. Right. And yeah. then they take you up the stairs to the, to the locker rooms and stuff like that. And there's like signs everywhere that say silencio, you know, silence. Cause we're in Spanish. Yeah. It's everything's in Spanish. So, um, we get up and I go in the room and they're playing the pretty music and I get all like naked and under the blanket. So I'm all vulnerable and I'm ready to like chill out to just, you know, cause I'm sunburned and I'm angry. And then 
So I lay down on the bed and I start getting my massage and the smells are so great and I'm really getting into it. And the next thing you hear from outside the spa is a sound like somebody smashing the side of the building with a sledgehammer. Oh, that's good. They started doing construction on the sidewalks outside the window of the spa during my relaxing massage. I swear to you, this, uh, I'm one of those people like, you know what you get, what you focus on, right? How can you not focus on a freaking jackhammer while you're getting a massage? Oh no. (laughs) So an hour and a half later, I look at the girl and I'm like, you know what? Seriously, can no one go outside and tell this man to stop? And she goes, Edie's his job. I'm like, Oh, oh my. So I go back and I'm all like, I'm I'm in the, in the thing going back, the little golf cart going back to the room. And I walk in the room and I told my husband what happened. And he's like, you literally have a twitch. Like, (laughs) I'm like, that's because all I hear is jackhammers. It's like they massaged it into my skull. You need Uh, a massage to recover from your massage. Right. And then somebody on Facebook had the audacity to say, I sound like I have anger issues. You know what? Oh. You know what? <laughs> Come here and say that to my face. Oh, no. Uh, so anyway, oh, gosh, we got we got Art back. Yay. Yay. Hey, Art. <laughs> hey, how you doing? Oh, my gosh. I'm doing great. Oh, we missed you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry about that. I don't know what happened. Technology, right? Technology. Maybe somebody was doing construction on the lines while you were trying to get through. It's been that kind of. <laughs> well, it is for funny. Me. Like in uh, in my uh, in my subdivision, people are doing some jackhammering. Uh, they're fixing <laughs> no. someone's um, steps up. So I just thought that was hilarious that you're kind of talking about that. And like, hey, you never know. Someone <laughs> might have just messed up the phone lines. You never know. <laughs> it's incredible, and it's incredible how you can tell the people who have never experienced something like that in their life because they're the ones that come back at you and go, "Oh, but can you really just appreciate the good?" And what happens? <laughs> it's like, shut up! Are you serious with this? Oh. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, I think that you know they always say like walk a mile in someone's shoes, and every you know you always try and think. For me, I always try and believe that the grass, you know, is. Um, I mean, it's, it's green on both sides, and, you know, there's always going to be good and bad in your life, but sometimes when the bad seems that way and the good, you just definitely have a breakdown sometimes. <laughs> I, I was ready for a breakdown, man. And here's the thing. Uh, so we were in Mexico for a week, right? And you know you don't always make the f- best choices when you're in another country, and sometimes you drink the tap water because you've had too many margaritas. And – and you don't realize that you've done it. And then you spend three days in purgatory, you know? And oh, yeah. So, so after everything that went down and all the stress that we dealt with, my stomach was so tore up that I couldn't even handle the drink that I more desperately needed in that moment than anything else. And that's when I lost it. <laughs> I was like, all I want to do is do it, like drink something to calm me down. And I know that I will suffer for the rest of the day if I do it. So, yeah. <laughs> so it was Coca-Cola and breadsticks for two days in the airport, and uh, and that was awesome. So wow. tell us about your <laughs> tell us about your because clearly you have more upbeat topics than I do right now. <laughs> 
it's just that, I guess, a little bit more. But yeah, um, for for me, for life of dad, not only am I a writer and uh, co-owner of the site, but uh, also too, I, I have three podcasts because I guess one was not enough for me. And I guess being in radio back in the day, you know, I just uh, I'm a glutton for punishment. So like, why don't I have three shows uh, that I have on the site? The one, the first one, the original one, is called the Life of Dad Show, and that's where me and uh, the creator of Life of Dad, Tommy Riles, and I'll talk. Uh, about normal, you know, parenting issues and just things that are happening in our lives. But then we'll bring on an athlete like Shaquille O'Neal, LeBron James, or an actor like Ice Cube, Danny Trejo, uh, or a musician like uh, Darius Rucker, and just talk about fatherhood, you know, kind of get their take on fatherhood and their experience of being a dad. So it's pretty cool, and uh, it's really cool <laughs> to get a message from Shaquille O'Neal, like on your cell phone. It's like, hey, I'm looking to, you know, do this interview with you. Give me a call when you have a chance. I'm like, that's pretty darn cool, especially for me who loves sports. And then, uh, we have the uh, Life of Dad After Show where we that kind of branched off from the uh, original show, and that's where uh, Ryan Hamilton, another co-founder of Life of Dad, he and I uh, host that show, and we'll talk to dads uh, from around the world. We've talked to dads from Australia, Canada, um, and dads, of course, in the U.S. And we just talk about you know the, either their blog or what they got going on. I mean, some topics can be awesome and, and very fun, and some topics can be very serious and dealing with um, their kids that who are you know that got addicted to drugs. So I mean, we cover a lot of bases on that one. And then uh, to have my geeky side, uh, Zach Rosenberg from a great site called Eight Bit Dad. He and I do a po- uh, podcast called Nerds, Geeks, Dads, and we just talk everything from movies to video games to whatever. And I just actually recently published uh, one today that where I talked to the uh, one of the senior producers over at Disney Infinity because my daughters and I love Disney Infinity and 3.0 is coming out, so we uh, had a chance to kind of pick his brain and what what we can expect. So it's, it's, uh, it's, a, fun, it's a fun job, and I'm definitely glad that uh, I'm here at Life of Dad. It sounds amazing, and I I love that you. I mean, we do it. We only do it once a month, um, but I think that that's not. It's it's not doing the the uh, job of dad service to only do something like that once a month. So I love that you're doing it all the time, times three. And so, what has been the response? I mean, do you have a lot of moms that listen to the show that kind of go, "Oh my gosh, I never thought of that." <laughs> I think it's moms and dads, and um, I think it, well, I'm on the uh, opposite side of that too. Where I'm like, I never really thought about doing that because we'll um, we'll talk to different dads and they'll say something. And I remember talking to Eddie George, he used to uh, play for the Tennessee Titans, and he had this great idea. One of the questions I asked him was like, you know, what are your core values that you kind of instill in your kids? And Eddie George had like these things called the four pillars that dealt with like strength. Um, uh, education, uh, emotional strength, and all these other, and I forgot the other one, but it was just, it was really uh, enlightening, and I was just like, man, I really want to use this. So, I mean, it's almost like I'm getting advice from all these parents around the world and helping, you know, kind of shape my view of fatherhood and parenthood, and uh, there are sometimes people will email me or Ryan or Tom, like, hey, I love this uh, this take on fatherhood, thanks so much, and, and could I be a guest, and we bring them on, and then we get their take, so... I think it's a give and take, and it's a great give and take. Um, I think it's fifty-fifty for me on my end. Yeah, it's. A, do you find that it's one of those things where people call you an expert, but you find yourself more of a bridge? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think like you know someone's like, "Oh, you're an expert in podcasts." I'm like, "I sure, I'll take that, thank you." But I mean, just because I think with the background, with my radio background, and. Uh, dealing uh, with uh, how many years I've been doing a podcast too, so I, I feel like yeah, okay, I, I 
quote unquote expert, but I think bridge is definitely a, a good term right there. Cause I think everybody is, you know, I mean, unless you're, I don't know, unless you're the Michael Jordan of podcasting, then I could say you're an expert of podcasting. But if I want to get to that level, I just don't know how I get to that level or what would constitute me getting to the being called the Michael Jordan of podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty awesome. That would be that would be an, a, a really great comparison. But I, I think the thing that's cool is that we're all experts in something individually. And I love that oh, yeah. we can bring everybody's expertise, you know, and, and share it out. With, and it's going to connect with somebody, right? So maybe yeah. those four pillars don't, you know, they don't resonate with that family over there. But this family over here, like you, hadn't heard of that before. And they're like, that sticks. I'm going to do that. And that's what I love about the variety, bringing a lot of people on. So do you find that you do mostly sports figures? Uh, <laughs> as we kind of look at the most recent ones, yeah, because I think I'm into sports and, um, I love, you know, act, you know, actors and musicians and all that, but I think my passion, uh, one of them is, is sports. And I, I just love kind of picking, uh, those athletes mind about not only just what they did in, in, in their career, but also about fatherhood and how they kind of use what they learned in that sport and kind of transform it into, you know, being a father. And, uh, I, I don't know, just like I, if you told me back in my college, you know, when people said, like, oh, what do you want to do? And I said, I either want to get TV and radio. And if, if someone said, like, you'll be talking to David Robinson, like, David Robinson from the Spurs was one of my, you know, sports heroes back in the day. And I had posters up in the room. And if you told me, if you told me, like, when I was in college, like, you're going to be interviewing David Robinson, not only about his career, but also about father. And I'd be like, yeah, that's funny. All right, great. <laughs> um, but it, it's just, I, I just find that I'm very lucky to have, you know, the job that I have and this, the fun that I have, not even just dealing with, you know, athletes or celebrities, but just all dads in general and all moms in general. We've had a couple of moms who actually showcased, uh, Tommy Riles and I, we brought our wives on, um, for the Life of Dad 100th episode. And a lot of people dug that. It was funny, like Tom was interviewing Jess and I was interviewing, uh, Tom's wife, Lucy, and we were just kind of having a fun back and forth and, uh. We actually, they live, uh, they live in L.A., and I live, uh, uh, my family and I live in uh, New Jersey, and we actually got to meet them uh, when we were in uh, L.A. for something last year. It was great to meet the family finally and just hang out. So, I mean, um, one of the things I think about Life of Dad that I used to think that I loved about radio is you met a lot of cool people, but now Life of Dad, I'm meeting a lot of cool people even further and beyond just like the, the radio station, you know, limits or if I was working in the New York uh, area, it's like, all right, cool, you meet people in New York area, but now with, I mean, you know, the podcasting, mm-hmm. you're just reaching everybody. So it's, it's, it's really cool. It's true. It's, that's what I love about it, too. Like the guy that's coming on in our third segment is in Asia. I'm like, wow, yeah. seriously? <laughs> what time is it there? Know. You know, like, <laughs> and that's where I go right away. I'm like, how early do you have to be up to get on my show? That's really impressive. <laughs> Yeah, so let me get this. You, you, you'll probably get this. I'm pretty good. Like, I, I think most of the people that I, I'll, I'll like kind of set up for an interview with, you know, on the East Coast or the West Coast. But then, like, if it's a different country or something, I, I, I have to Google, like, all right, if it's 8 o'clock in the morning on a Monday on Eastern Standard Time, what time is it in Australia? Like, is it the next day? Is it, you know, just I always do that. Do you find the same thing? Absolutely. I'm always like, what time do they have to be up? Are we talking to the future? Like, this is going to be awesome. <laughs> Yeah, right? Like, so at least we made it till tomorrow, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're talking to a guy from Australia, like me and uh, Ryan for the after show. 
And uh, it was a Monday for us. He's like, yeah, it's a Tuesday afternoon. I'm like, man, it's so random. Like, how? that's so weird. Like, <laughs> that's cool. But, like, can you tell me, like, you know, what are the lottery numbers? Come on, help me out. <laughs> it's like talking to Back to the Future or something. That's pretty sweet. <laughs> Getting oh a sports gosh. almanac and finding a, you know, making sure he's person getting a Biff's hands. <laughs> So here's the thing. If you ever have Drew Brees on your show, I'm totally yeah. geeking out and you have to bring me on because, okay. because he's like, I think he's like the most he's well, first of all, he's my favorite quarterback ever because I'm a Saints fan when there was five of us, you know, and we wore paper bags on our heads and, you know, and all that. But the the, yeah, we were the eights at the time. Yes. Thank you very much for bringing that painful memory back up. But we, but I also happen to think he's like a really fantastic dad. So he's yeah. like one of those. He so for for me, he's my LeBron James. You know, he's my okay. Shaquille yeah. O'Neal. Like if I could get him on my show, I would just crap in my pants. I am so bummed that we didn't have more time with you. And for uh, that, we're gonna have to get you back on the show because we only have like thirty right. seconds left, and then we have to say goodbye. So I want everybody to know where they can reach you. Yeah, definitely. Uh, go to lifeofdad.com. Go to on Twitter, uh, at Life of Dad Show. My personal one is at Dad at Work NJ. And uh like to connect. And, hey, uh, I, I really appreciate what you're doing. I know a lot of other good dads um, you had on as well from our dad line, too. So thanks for doing that. Really appreciate it. Absolutely. We love dads, and we think that we need to celebrate them a lot more. So every opportunity I get. I'm going to take advantage of that. And we're so close. We should actually do like a live video podcast together sometime. I think that would be fun. <laughs> yeah, I'd love to do that. Sounds yeah. like a great plan. Awesome. Thank you so much, Art, for being on the show. And when we come back from this break, we're going to be talking to Jesse Foster um, from Asia, which is kind of amazing when we come back from this break. Pop up window or close your iTunes player. Uh, oh, Parrot Nation, Tara Kennedy Klein needs a pee break. And then we'll be right back with more Parenting with a Twist. Congratulations on being the proud owner of an adorable, soft, cuddly, sweet-smelling, smiling, cooing, hungry, tired, gassy, screaming little bundle of joy. So now what? Where's the owner's manual for this thing? Where are my instructions? Right here. It's Baby and Toddler Instructions with Blythe Lippman on toginet.com. Infant care specialist Blythe Lippman has worked with babies for over 20 years and works extensively with new parents providing workshops, in-home visits, tips, and daily phone calls to ease those frazzled nerves. With Baby and Toddler Instructions, you can get the advice you need on how to survive and enjoy your baby's first year. For more information on Blythe and how she can help you, go to babyinstructions.com. From 32 ways to stop a baby from crying to 14 ways to get a baby to eat and so much more, it's Baby and Toddler Instructions with Blythe Lipman on toginet.com. This is the Toginet Radio Network, radio with a cutting edge. This is Uncommon Sense for Leaders, a forum for exploring leadership from the intellect, the heart, and the spirit. Whether you're a leader now or aspire to be a leader in the future, you owe it to yourself to learn about the big ideas that have shaped the careers of compelling communicators, masters of influence, and highly effective leaders. 
Uncommon Sense for Leaders. Tune in to hear thought-provoking ideas on every aspect of leadership. You can expect dynamic discussions with special guests, quick tips you can apply immediately for better results, and the tools you need to take you from where you are to where you want to be as a leader. Are you ready to crack the code for achieving unprecedented results? Then join the host for Uncommon Sense for Leaders, Catherine Carlisi, every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, right here on the All Business Radio Network. Welcome back to Parent Nation with Tara Kennedy Klein, the Internet's top talk radio show featuring real talk for real parents. Clean my house? <laughs> it's time to clean their house. You know what it means if my house is clean? I have big closets and a broken computer. Shaken and stirred up with a twist from America's family advocate, Tara Kennedy Klein. And now, back to the show. Hey, Parent Nation. Welcome back to the show. I am being joined in this segment by... Uh, a dad whose podcast name is kind of near and dear to my heart because uh, it's it's uh, a great minds think alike. I guess his name is Jesse Foster, and <clears throat> he has a uh, he he has a philosophy degree from the University of Colorado, but he ended up teaching English in Asia, and which I find amazingly cool. And then after he had his first baby, being a, uh, well, he didn't have it, but after having a baby, they uh, he decided to start a podcast called. Father Nation, which I think is pretty awesome. And he does kind of what we do here on Parent Nation, talks to dads about being dadly. So, hey, Jesse, how are you? Hey, I'm, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on the show. Absolutely. So you, that was a big leap that you took, uh, you know, moving uh, completely across the other side of the world uh, to teach English. What, what inspired you to do that? Yeah, that was a quite a leap there. I was living in Colorado at the time, and I guess it was mainly just boredom at the time. I was in my about 26 years old, 27 years old, single, and uh, I wanted to kind of spread my wings and uh, try something new. So I went and studied to go teach English overseas, and then I went and ended up over in Kazakhstan. Wow, that's amazing. But yeah, I'm, I'm, still, I'm still in Kazakhstan, even as we do, we're doing this show right now. I'm, I'm, I'm in Kazakhstan. So what? The, it's, so you know, our our previous guest Art is going to think this is hysterical. So what day and time is it there? Right now, it is Tuesday night at about uh, 9:40 p.m. Wow, that's pretty awesome. <laughs> it's around the world from each other. Isn't that amazing how the world, how time works around the world? That's always been so amazing to me. It's like, yeah, I mean, so we can't say that it's bright and sunny at 940 at night in another part of the world. So we just change what time it is. <laughs> exactly. That's so weird. Uh, so anyway, you have, you have an awesome podcast called Father Nation. What inspired you to do that? Well, as you said of an intro there, I had uh, a son a couple years ago and became a dad. And then I was listening to some podcasts last year, uh, mainly on sports. But I kind of got that idea in my head about podcasting. And then I did some more research and I just, I liked the idea of actually interviewing different dads about fatherhood, um, kind of to learn myself, but also then just to help others. And so 
the idea uh, just happened over time, probably several several months uh, last fall, where I kind of developed it, and then uh, it started last January, kind of a, a first official episode where I just interviewed different dads about their personal experiences as a dad. That's pretty awesome. Do you have experts on, or is it like you know the our previous guest did, focuses on sports figures who are dads? Like, do you have a, a specific genre that you focus on? No, it's been kind of all over the board. Actually, I've had um, just dads who I've met on on Facebook. I've met I've got dads who've written books on fatherhood who are kind of maybe more experts on on being a dad. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had sports dads on, like an NFL agent. Um, I've had an NFL player on, a former NFL player, but uh, mostly younger dads, but occasionally I'll have older dads on the show as well. So it's kind of a, a smorgasbord of dads. That's pretty awesome. Do you find that it's harder to find dads that are willing to come on and talk about parenting than it is moms? Um, quite possibly. I mean, I've never tried to get a mom on the show, but... Uh, with dads, generally I reach out to guys that I think might be interested. So I get a pretty high, high percentage of yeses because, you know, if a guy's written a book on fatherhood in mm-hmm. some sort, he, he'll tend to say, yeah. Um, but it, I mean, I, I can't say, though, how, how, how difficult it is to get a, a mom on, on board. <laughs> well, I can tell you it's when, when you're looking at, in my own personal experience, when looking at people who write about parenting – it's a good, you know, 85% are, are women or moms. And it's just, it's one of that. That's why we celebrate dad day is because we wanted to, we wanted to bring more to the position of fatherhood. You know, we wanted to celebrate it more. We wanted to highlight it more, show that there are great, awesome dads out there. You know, dad's kind of got a bad rap, uh, in the last couple of years. Especially it seems kind of a stereotype to, to bash on dads. Oh my gosh. Yeah. If you're not making them look foolish, you're just making them look mean, you know? And, uh, yeah. And that's, that's one thing that I, I don't know how much of the first segment you heard about my, my travel story. Um, but what I found was, you know how parents are always complaining or adults are always complaining about having to fly with kids on planes. Right. What I found was the ones that had a male figure there to kind of like calm them and, and be like their rock. Those were the, those kids were completely different than the ones who, you know, like mom was panicking or, you know, a single person was traveling with them and that person was in a panic. And then the kids just kind of like repeated that behavior. And it was like, it was really cool. It was such a social experiment. It really was. It was bizarre. But to see how, you know, the dads were kind of like, in a lot of cases, the calming force in their family unit, you know, that was, that was pretty awesome to me. I know. Yeah, I think that's what dads should be really is stability and bringing the family kind of, you know, some calm in the, in the storm for sure. You talk about the one habit that you believe more fathers need. What is that? Well, that's, that's one of the questions I ask a lot on my podcast. And you, know, you get answers all over the board. And it is kind of difficult just to uh, pinpoint just one habit. Um, but I, I, recently this summer, 
I've been trying to eat a lot better. And, you know, that's maybe not the, the most important thing in life, but if you have good eating habits, actually, it'll really uh, impact your kid over his life if he can pick those up because, you know, your kids watch everything you do and they pick up the same habits that you have. And rather than having, you know, continually having junk food and too much sugar as a habit early in life, if you could get them in, you know, a good habit of eating good, healthy food, I think that's a great way to help them get off to a good start in life. That's pretty, it's so true. And it's kind of amazing because being at, um, being in another country, a lot of times, well, you know, I mean, we were, we've been to a lot of different places with our kids. And we found that the food in the United States is probably the least healthy food anywhere on the planet. Right. (laughs) And, but it's so cool to me that we could go to another country and when they're offered things like sushi or ceviche or, you know, fruit salad or whatever, um, you know, like raw steak, whatever it is, when they're offered those things, it's so, there is such a tremendous amount of pride that comes from hearing your kids say, sure, I'll try that. <laughs> when you're surrounded by children going, no, where's the nuggets? Where's the French fries? Where's the pizza? You know, it's like, it, there's, there's a tremendous amount of satisfaction that comes from hearing your kids say, well, I'll try it. And yeah, that's a big step. I mean, my, my kid right now is, he's still pretty young. I'm, I'm a young dad. He's only three. And I'm trying to, you know, have healthy meals all the time for him. But, you know, sometimes I'll, I'll let him splurge. And, uh, but he always asks, you know, for ice cream or whatever it is. And pretty much every day still, it doesn't stop. Right. <laughs> so you're, he's three. So you're in the, are you in the no stage yet? The no stage as far as like just say no all the time? Yes. That what you're talking about? Yeah. I say no quite a bit. I think, um, I don't know how many times I say it per day, but it's pretty often. <laughs> That's so funny. And how many times does he say it back now? <laughs> uh, he says he says actually don't like a lot. He says, uh, you know, uh, mama don't like or, you know, papa don't like. And it, it's, it's, it kind of refers to anything that he's not happy with. That's pretty awesome. I would love to change that terminology. <laughs> So yeah, we, we sometimes my my wife wife will be like, you know, well, Robert, we don't like either. We don't like you you not liking it. <laughs> and then his little brain just explodes. Right. He's like, what does that even mean? That's so funny. My kids, um, my my kids now they'll say, I'm not a fan. <laughs> like yeah. I'll give them something new and they'll try it and they'll be like. I'm not a fan because I, I taught them very young that you don't like spit food out on the plate and go yuck because that's pretty offensive to the person who made it and served it to you. Um, so that's that was one of the big things. But yeah, I mean, I found that at three years old, my kids went through a stage where they would say no to everything, even if it's something that they wanted just because they could they had the power to say no and not just hear it and receive it all the time. So that was kind of funny. Yeah, my son, I think, does that sometimes too. <laughs> That's awesome. So what is it? what would you say is your favorite thing about fatherhood? My favorite thing about fatherhood? Wow. 
Um, that's a, a difficult question because there's, there's so many things that are just great about being a dad. Just coming home from work and having him greet me like a puppy dog almost, just so happy to see me. I think it always, you know, just brings joy to my to my heart after I get home from work and just give him a big hug, see his smile and give him a hug. I think just uh, having that relationship, I guess, like with uh, just a young person, it's like a little you almost. One of my, one of my dad dads on the podcast was talking about how fatherhood is like having your heart outside your body and that you, you love them so much, but at the same time, they're, they're not in you, they're outside of you. Mm-hmm. And it's like your, your heart is walking around uh, outside of you. It's kind of, kind of a dangerous thought, but it's, uh, it's definitely something special. Pretty awesome. Yeah, I think that's my favorite thing about being a mom too, is, or being a parent in general, is realizing that you know, when you give love unconditionally, you're getting it back. And, you know, it's, so it's not like living, I don't live my life vicariously through my kids, but I love to see the world, re-see the world through their eyes, which I think is kind of cool. Sure. I think that's super fun. So do you notice, I mean, you grew up in the States, obviously, and now you're raising your child in a completely different culture. What would you say is the biggest difference between how Americans raise their kids and how, you know, people in Asia or another country raise their kids? Well, I guess first off, my my wife is actually Kazakh. So we are in a kind of a multicultural family. And so my my son is learning English, but he's also learning Russian, which is um, wow. my wife's native language over here. And so he's becoming you know, bilingual already. Uh, his Russian is already better than my Russian. Wow. <laughs> Three years old because you know, he's learning it from birth. Um, but as far as any cultural differences in raising kids, uh, you know, it's so individualized. I'm not sure if I, I can pinpoint necessarily one overarching theme that I see here in Kazakhstan with parents I think they um, let their kids stay up a lot at night, I've noticed more. Um, <laughs> We've noticed that too. <laughs> um, but here, here it's more, I think most people stay up more at night. It's more, like you can't find many breakfast places here, for example. Um, but yeah, I guess to answer your question, I don't see a whole lot of differences culturally. I'm sure there is, but... Um, um, there's I'm not like something that yeah. stands out, like not some glaring, but I mean, I know a lot of, a lot of United States parents are trying right now desperately to figure out, um, how to get back the, the basics, back to the basics of parenting that we've missed without going back to the, um, the harsh discipline, that we had, right? So we want to get back that control that we used to have as parents, as like idols, but we don't want to do it too violently or too angrily, or we don't want to destroy our kids' psyches. It seems like other cultures aren't so worried about that. It's more about, you know, I'm, there's a hierarchy, like we're the parents, we will give you a framework that you can bounce around in. But once you go beyond the edges of that frame, now we're going to cut you off. Now that's it. 
you know, now you've crossed the line. And I, I feel like we don't do that enough in the United States because we've forgotten how to do it compassionately. Yeah. And just kind of picking up on that, that did kind of remind me of one thing I think I see is that maybe there is maybe more respect sometimes for authority, maybe if it's a teacher or a parent, maybe here, um, in general, like if, if, a, if a adult says no, that means no, maybe, mm-hmm. uh, not all the time. There's exceptions all, of course, but like, um, I do see, especially in the school, maybe children might be more afraid of the teacher's authority and maybe a teacher doesn't even have to give an answer of why just the answer is no. And they don't need to have a reason. It's just no, where maybe a U.S. child might ask more why. Mm. Or yeah, we do a, a lot. <laughs> we do a lot more negotiating you here. Explain it or something. Yeah. Or here you don't explain it because you're the authority. Oh, I know we'd love to get that back. I can't believe we're out of time already. So, Jesse, tell us how our, our listeners can get in touch with you. Where can we hear you? Um, just head on over to uh, fathernation.com. And uh, I have podcasts coming out right now once a week. Um, awesome. So just uh, fathernation.com. Thank you so much, Jesse. I appreciate you being on the show. And Art, Eddie, thank you so much for being here from Life of Dad. If you want to connect with us, you can do that on Facebook at Parent Nation or at TaraKennedyKlein.com. Until next week, everybody, keep playing. Is this going to shut them up? Connect with Tara online at TaraKennedyKlein.com. Until next time, remember this. Parent Nation, why do we keep calling this the hardest job on the planet? Why don't we just appreciate the gift that we're given and try calling